What's happening, everybody, and welcome to this new episode of the Endless Celts podcast. Uh, you may notice a couple of things that are a little bit different uh, again today. Stephen's not hosting, uh, so that duty's falling to me today. Um, so this is co-host John who's speaking. Um, this is a Euro 2020 uh, special um, regarding Scotland's obviously participation in the in the Euros for the first time in a major competition since 1998. Sure, something that we're all excited about. So we're going to be covering that here. And today I'm joined by almost a full panel, just Baron Stephen. Um, I'll just come to you all individually. Uh, Ross, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm good, John. Thanks very much for having me again. Very excited about the Euros. Yep, no, definitely. Uh, William, yourself, how are you doing, mate? I'm very well, mate. Thanks for you. I'm buzzing for the Euros. Absolutely buzzing at my tree. I'm the exact same man. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into this as well. Uh, Franny, what about yourself? Welcome to the show, mate. Uh, thanks for having me again, John. But I am I'm buzzing for the year as well. But as you might find out, I'm a wee bit of glory hunter when it comes to Scotland. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, and uh, Anthony, welcome to the show, mate. How are you doing? I'm doing good, mate. Sorry I'm an hour late, but I'm like a coiled spring for the summer championships. I cannot wait, my man. There you go. Good to hear it, good to hear it. Uh, just before we continue as well, just a wee congratulations to our man, Anthony, who passed his exams today. He's had a few jars, so <laughs> he, we'll see how he gets on, but it should be a good laugh. Congratulations, Hi. Anthony. I'm sure but, we, we all sort of share that, though. Uh, Hi, th- thank you very much, mate. I, I am suitably pissed and suitably <laughs> ready to talk all things Scotland at the Euros. I cannot wait, but it's been a good day. The sun is shining. Scotland are at the Euros. The tenants that I was at the pub at was getting poured well without a without a head. It's all good, my man. It's all good. <laughs> good stuff, mate. Good stuff. Well, uh, on that note, then let's just get right into things. Uh, so, obviously, uh, as we're all aware, Scotland um, recently qualified for the Euros, uh, and for the first time since 1998, are now participating in a major international tournament. Um, so, what we want to do in this episode is just cover off. Uh, as an extravaganza, we'll, we'll continue uh, as the matches progress and things like that. We'll, we'll cover those as well. But for this episode, we just want to touch on a, a few other things just relating to Scotland as a whole. <clears throat> so, um, first of all, I just want to come to Scotland games in general. Um, I'm sure we've all got a moment that we remember Scotland playing in uh, that sort of stuck with as a favourite game, so to speak. Um, so, Anthony, I'll come to you first, mate. Is there yeah. a favourite, if you got a favourite Scotland memory, a game or something that sticks with you? There, there's so many, uh, John, and I must admit, I feel like a bit of a fraud right now when I talk, when I talk, when I, I'm in the same discussion uh, with guys like Wally, who are absolute died in the wheel Scotland fans. Um, they, 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 guys like Wally and Niall, um, are, they, they, they've been there through all the, the hard times and, Maybe a bit like for what Franco's saying, feeling a bit like a, a bit like a fraud. But when I always remember the one of the most memorable Scotland games is um, well, the place we're all going to be watching it on Monday is uh, the Grange. I always remember uh, when my big sister Tracy ran the pub. It was the Scotland Italy playoff going for the. Euro 2008 qualification. Now, it's maybe a random game to pick considering the heartache that followed, but I just remember the whole build-up. We were we were all in the pub from about half 10, 11 o'clock that morning 
and the place was absolutely packed with about an hour to kick off. And when you actually think Scotland going up against Italy, but actually ordering a pint as if to say, I, I, we're going to do it today. You were actually full of the bravado as if to say, you know, one of the most successful European, uh, out with Germany, the most successful European nation in terms of international achievements. But we were full of the bravado and thought we're going to do it. Unfortunately, we just pulled up a wee bit short. But I just always remember going in that morning to, uh, to our traces and the place being absolutely jam-packed at around 11, 11.30. Everyone in there to watch Soccer AM. Back in the day when Soccer AM was actually something worth tuning in for, by the way. And everyone was just sort of around like, we can do this today. Everyone was full of hope. Everyone was full of that belief. And as the record shows, we came up a wee bit short. But everyone always remembers that how close we were, how close we, we, we came to ending, at that point, 10 years of hurt. A generation's passed since then, Willie, John. And um, I just think, I, I, you can't actually even really process that, to think that the, the, the time that's passed from 98 to 2008 and 2008 to, to 2021 is actually longer. We are going to have an absolute festival of pride and joy and achievement when this tournament gets underway. I cannot wait for Monday. Monday is going to be one of the most joyous occasions that any Scotland fan will ever have. I, I, I'm buzzing. I'm absolutely buzzing. I, 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 like I say, I've actually picked one of the most deflating achievements ever as a Scotland fan as one of my most standout games. But I know that come Monday, it'll all be worth it. Everything, all the years, all the little decades of hurt will all be worth it come Monday. And I cannot wait, my man. I cannot wait. Yeah, no, I mean, you're absolutely right. Like you say, it's, it's 1998 was the last, that France 98 was the last time Scotland appeared at an international, a uh, major international tournament. Um, and we're now 2021 uh, and we're making our first appearance again. Uh, and you, quite rightly, Anthony, like you say, it wasn't a game that many people would consider memorable or their best, but it's the sort of memories you have of certain days and things like that that, that, that stick with you. Uh, and I can certainly remember the game uh, and the disappointment after it, but uh, no, that's, absolutely, that's absolutely fine, mate. Thanks for that. William, what about yourself? Has you got a, a favourite game or anything that sticks with you in particular? Um, it's a tough one. Uh, I, I've Basically, well, we've not had many memorable games in the past, however long. There's been a few. I mean, like, obviously, the France McFadden's wonder goal and stuff like that. But I, I was, there's always two that stick out in my mind, and it was I was I was still fairly young. But um, the first one was the 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 last game in the qualifiers uh, for the '98 World Cup. I remember sitting watching my dad and. Uh, there was like I think there was three years that could have went through at the time, but if we won our game, then we would have we made it, and we played Latvia. And I'm pretty sure Hamden was getting um, like redeveloped at the time, so the games were getting played. There was getting played all over uh, Celtic Park, Ibrox, etc. So this was at Celtic Park, which made it obviously a little more special. And uh, just when Kevin Gallagher scored, I can remember the the elation. That's like it was pretty early on. I was. Trying to think how old I would have been about twelve or so, and uh, just uh, 
a relation, much like the extravaganzas we, we spoke about in, in Rogic's goal in that cup final, just it's the same sort of feeling. Um, yeah. And at that time, uh, I was still fairly young, so like it was, it wasn't like what it is now, where it means so much more for us to get to a, a finals. But I just remember that being uh, a special moment, and then the the biggest game that sticks out in my mind is, is the first game of that World Cup, us playing the the yellow of that mighty Brazil side that boasted Ronaldo and Romario and, and just stupendous talent, like. Um, and we were we were pretty unfortunate, to say the least. We lost a slack goal. I'm pretty sure uh, it was a big defender, some some pal or something. Oh, some pal at the front post, but uh, the, for the corner for them. But there was about three of defenders and Craig Burley ran about him, and not one of them picked him up. And then we get the penalty, and then we were so unfortunate with that own goal. But at the same time, as the Tartan Army always do, just pure elation and celebrations, just to be there playing playing this calibre of team. Uh, uh, that game especially reminds me of that fact that it doesn't matter if we're getting beat or we're, like we're, we're just it's just a party like Tony says this next week is just I cannot I'm, 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 I can't remember the last time I was this excited about football because I'm just so excited for us to yeah. go and, and challenge these teams and be in a major finals again and just create more of these memories I'm hoping there's younger Generations that was like me back then in '98 watching this team, and and they've got these memories ingrained because uh, it's just it's just a special special thing for me. No, you're absolutely right, mate. Um, I remember I was about 14 um, back when the '98 France '98 started, and a uh, 13, 14 year old. Uh, and for me personally, that that opening Brazil game is my earliest memory. Uh, Scotland at a major international tournament and one of my most memorable games as well and like you mentioned uh, good account of yourselves at the, at the time that was if no, one of, if no the best uh, international sides on the planet the talent in that team was un, 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 unreal uh, I'm sure there were favourites going into it as well uh, and we opened up the tournament uh, against them and to only get beat 2-1 was I think we were still celebrating. If I was old enough to drink, I'd have been out of the pub with everybody else and and loving it. But like you said, it, it was we gave a good account of ourselves in that game. And that that for me, I agree with you. For me, that that opening Brazil game in France '98 was was my most memorable. Um, Ross, what about yourself? What what's, you got a favourite Scotland game or a favourite memory? Oh aye. Um, I mean, obviously you've got as well. He touched upon the 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 win in Paris, McFadden scoring. And we we beat them. I'm sure it was in the same campaign. We beat them back to back, two amazing games. Oh, uh, right. We also had a a very good one nil victory in a playoff against Holland at Hamden. Um, I mean, the less said about the return leg, <laughs> uh, the better because I think we got beat. I think it was five or six nil. Um, no, six, but, aye. Aye, but the, the one game sort of. Going a wee bit further back that stands out for me eh, was, again, incidentally, it's a bit of a pattern with Scotland, a 1-0 victory. Eh, it was over Sweden at Ibrox. Eh, it was a World Cup qualifier in 1996. Eh, John McGinley got the winner eh, against a Sweden side that boasted the likes of Martin, Martin Darlene, eh, Stefan Schwartz. Henrik Larsson was on the bench that day, I'm sure. Eh, they had Kenneth Anderson 
uh, the, the, a plethora of good players, very good players uh, in Scotland that day were obviously, albeit they were at home, they were massive underdogs, uh, but Colin Hendry and Colin Calderwood uh, were the two centre-halves in that period for Scotland, and that day they were colossal, and as a partnership in that period for Scotland, they were absolutely formidable. That was, At that time, Scotland didn't have a great choice of strikers, if you like, but their defence was very good, and they were always very solid at that time. Uh, but I mean, the goal itself uh, was sort of like a. It was a half. I don't know if you remember it yourselves, but uh, it was sort of like a half-hearted ball for Tom Boyd, diagonal. But it was along the ground, and it, it, it somehow evaded two Sweden defenders and found its way through to John McGinley. And I mean, he was sort of running away for goal towards the right, and he, under pressure, he, he, he sort of chopped it back across Thomas Ravelli. Uh, and it, it it bobbled in. I don't think he hit it can he unexpectedly, and it bobbled in. Uh, and it, it was just it was just great. I just remember sitting. I think I was I think I was sitting in my bedroom myself, and I was just jumping about jump jumping about the room. It was just a game that always stuck with me. And at that time, Sweden were a great a great team. Uh, they they'd actually I think they they'd finished. Either third or fourth in the '94 World Cup, so that tells you. Uh, that tells you where where they were as a a nation in a footballing sense at that time. And for yeah. Scotland to, I mean, I don't think. In fact, wait, you know, if if that was '96 World Cup qualifier, that would have been for uh, to qualify for for France '98. So, I mean, that victory propelled them on to qualifying for that tournament. Uh, it was a, a, a just remember it was an outstanding game and it was at Ibrox. Obviously, Hamden was maybe getting renovated at the time. Uh, and whatever you say, it, it's a very good venue, Ibrox, for a football match. And the Tartan Army were in full voice that day, uh, and uh, it was just it was just a great memory for me. That's perfect, man. I, it's not a game I remember, um, but I, I, like you say, I, I was still. Obviously, '96. Um, I, I was about 10, 11 year old, um, depending when the game was, and so it, it's no a memory that I've got uh, personally. But I mean, that's what it's all about. Eh? It's, it, it just comes down to things like that, with moments that you remember, things that stick with you, and like you say, even just being yourself in your room watching it, that memory stuck with you, and you celebrated it yourself and everything else. And that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Um, Francis, what about yourself, mate? If you, where, where you stand, what you got? What's your favourite game? Favourite memory? I could, I could go with obviously and go with the game that's got us to this championship. But similarly, like I, I mean, Brazil sticks out for me as well. The two one because I can just remember my dad. I got sent to school, but my dad made sure I didn't make school. I ended up at East Watford Community Centre to watch the game. My dad was like, "You're no missing it." But just because I, I think another one that really stuck out for me was the two two against England where Griffith scored the two free kicks. I can just remember being in a packed Westgate in Las Vegas watching that game. God knows what time it was, but it was just, it was absolutely brilliant. Just, it was actually fun enough for the Celtic fans because we were at the convention, but uh, that that's one that kind of sticks out for me. Just more, more down to location because you're over in America just watching a game that's getting played back in the UK and that. So yeah. uh, the 2-2 the two -two game sticks out for me quite well. Yeah, I mean, I imagine watching that uh, with a lot of Celtic fans in Las Vegas would be probably quite 
quite the atmosphere. Uh, ah, I definitely like. Yeah, I can good. imagine. Uh, I definitely remember that two-two game. I think we can all agree as well that their last minute, right to the very death, uh-huh. uh, equaliser. Glorious uh, failures uh, again. I know Scotland, Scotland thirty. <laughs> but they they took Griffiths free kicks. I I, I I remember I was trying to remember. I was in Edinburgh. I can't remember where I was. Uh, I had a bit to drink, but I just remember the 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 cheers and drink was flying like mm. when uh, Griffiths second goal went in and we thought we'd had it in the bag. Uh-huh. Just what what an absolute moment that was. Um, just one to go on the other favourites, uh, so to speak. Uh, and this is, come back to you first, Anthony. Um, obviously, Scotland isn't known for um, producing talent year in, year out. Uh, we've had some great players over the years, um, but we've had some bad players uh, as well. Uh, as Ross alluded to, one of his favourite memories. Um, sometimes you had a couple of great players in defence, but nothing else up front and vice versa. Uh, and as we've seen, uh, we've we've struggled to to sort of qualify for for major international tournaments for almost twenty five years. Um, so, um, Anthony, just coming to you first. Um, Two part question: Have you got a favourite ever Scotland player and manager? Oh, good question, John. Uh, favourite ever player, favourite ever manager. Um, I would say purely because you 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 have to sort of. I'm I'm assuming that the the question is based on the, the sort of time that we've sort of watched the, the 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 team play. I have to say, James McFadden would would definitely be up there. Um, he was an absolute maverick, and and it's an absolute crime really that he didn't actually get to represent us in a, in a Euro finals. I think you know if we'd have qualified for Euro 2008 or World Cup 2010. James McFadden would have been our absolute talisman. Um, James McFadden is not the greatest player that will ever lace up a pair of boots, but he was, at that time, just our poster boy. Um, yeah. So, in terms of who I've seen play, I would probably say, out, out, out with maybe the, the current team that's qualified, I would I would give it to, to, to James. In terms of uh, Scotland manager, well, you know, Again, it's, it's, it's there's there's not there's, there's not many to choose from. Do you, do, do you choose uh, Walter Smith, who then the minute Rangers came calling, went went straight back in? Do you pick Craig Levine, who decided four six zero was a good formation? Do you pick Alec McLeish, who got you know two two shots at it and messed it up twice, or do you just pick the most obvious candidate, who is Steve Clark? Um, Steve Clark, no matter whatever he does. In, in, in the years to come will always be the guy that ended 23 years of hurt um, so there's only one candidate in terms of manager for me Steve Clark got Scotland apart from uh, after Craig Brown after Craig Brown we have to actually realise that 23 <laughs> years say. 23 years two generations have passed without our national team representing themselves at either a European Championships or a World Cup it's it's actually mind-boggling when you think of it. Um, had this question been asked a few months ago, it would have obviously been Craig Brown. But I think no matter what, whatever you think of the man, it's got to be Steve Clark. Steve Clark is the man who is, he will go down in history as the man that ended all, all that mm-hmm. pain. And um, all, I, all I can wish him is every success in the, in, in the tournament ahead. 
Yeah, no, that's a good shout. Um, I, I, I like the, the, the choice of A. McFadden as well. Like you say, he wasn't the best player, so to speak. He wasn't the, certainly not the most gifted player you've ever seen, but um, some players just when they pull on the, 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 the country's jersey just seem to turn it on and they, they, they certainly can cement themselves in uh, people's hearts. Uh, and I would agree with you personally as well with Steve Clark. The end in that 23-year hiatus for major international tournaments certainly puts him up there uh, and sort of despite the fact he's only been in the job a short term um, he's, he's sort of cemented his position uh, in the sort of national team history um, William what about yourself mate player manager uh, yeah it's no brainer for me McFadden throughout the years <laughs> just, just echo everything Tony said there I mean there's many players that have obviously just the Celtic connection the Lamberts and KT in the current situation and stuff like that now but McFadden um it's hard to say carry that team because we never qualified or won anything but we got so close on several occasions and the reason we got so close was because of that one man I mean I know we had a team and we had decent talent but um, I'm pretty sure there was a a poll on greatest Scottish players recently and I'm, I'm, I'm McFadden I'm pretty sure it was in the top three uh, it's, there's no denying what he's done for the squad and I, I think like Tony said it's an absolute crime that he's never made a major finals. My heart breaks. So see when, and, and you know what? He doesn't even care. See when you watch him and he's punditry now and you see him celebrating. He eats, sleeps, breathes Scotland. And for him pulling on that shirt was uh, the, the greatest achievement in football. And, and rightly so. I know people have different opinions and I'm a very patriotic man. And if, if I was... If I was talented enough to play football and I had the, and somebody gave me the option and it was a Scotland cap or a Champions League winners medal, I would take the Scotland cap all day long. Um, and I think McFadden was was the same, uh, and I, I think that showed. And all my greatest memories of Scotland over the past twenty odd years. I know there's been no major tournaments, but all my greatest memories have come from um, magic by a certain uh, James McFadden. So it's a no-brainer for me with a player. Uh, with the manager, I, I, obviously Clark's massive, Craig Brown and stuff, but if I'm talking about my favourite, just because, it's, just, it's, it's got to be Strachan, just for, because he's Gordon Strachan. Uh, I thought he did, he worked wonders with the team, <coughs> uh, he got us right up the coefficients, and obviously his media work, his interviews are just class. And remember, I can't remember, remind the time he was on and he was like, he swore, I think he says, what the fuck's going on, you've got to hurry up so we can get this interview done or something, it was all over social media. I don't think I've laughed this hard in my life. What a personality. And uh, I so I think I would go with Strachan and Amara just as a personal favourite. Yeah, that's a great choice as well. I think Strachan would probably be up there in the top three for me as well. Um, but uh, again, the, the, I, the, like he's mentioned, it's all just personal preference at the end of the day and it's the kind of memories you have with these guys and, uh, and you're sort of your life and the, the, the how you've sort of you, you obviously William um, well known Scotland fan amongst us we, we all know you to be a, a, a sort of diehard Scotland fan certainly more so than me um, so uh, but you, you, like you mentioned it's, it's all just comes down to personal uh, sort of favourites um, so it's interesting to get everybody's sort of view and see where, where, where they are um, Ross what about yourself how, where would you sort of put which your top manager and top top player um, well, first of all, can I just say I'm a diehard Scotland fan too, by the way. 
That was nearly I don't, want that, to, I don't want that to get lost in the, the podcast here. <laughs> uh, he loves the land. <laughs> uh, aye, but I mean, I think we can all agree that James McFadden is, is the number one. Uh, certainly in, like say, all your lifetimes, if you like, uh, or, or, or living memory. Um, but I mean, I think I have to, dare I say it, I think I have to have a have to give a shout out to Kenny Miller. Um, I think totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, uh, what he gave to Scotland uh, over the years is incredible, and him and McFadden played the way played with the passion for the country that I imagine I would play with. Um, he scored some massive goals for Scotland. Now, for me, McFadden is the favourite, but we've touched on him, so I'm just sort of alluding to Miller. Uh, he came up with some. Big moments. Uh, I'm sure he scored. I'm sure he scored the goal in the game that you were talking about, Anthony, earlier on there against Italy. Yeah, well, I think we lost. Was it was it one each or did we lose two one? Not remember. Sorry, Ross. Um, on that day when we lost to Italy, it was um, the equaliser was scored by Barry Ferguson. Aye. So yeah. so we're along the same tracks. Uh, <laughs> he scored. He definitely scored against Italy in a game. It obviously wasn't that one. I can't mm-hmm. remember what game it was, but uh, aye, that it's over the piece. Aha, eh? uh-huh. very good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> aye, over the piece though. Um, Kenny Miller's been outstanding for Scotland, uh, and he, he can't be ignored. Um, but as yeah. as regards a manager, um, for me, I mean, <clears throat> he's alluded to Clark, uh, and he for what he's done and brought to Scotland for this year is totally amazing, it can't be ignored, but for me it's got to be Craig Brown he, he, he took us to, uh, to Euro 96 and France 98 he, he was the last manager to do so until now, obviously um, and he was unlucky not to be the first man to lead the country out of a group in a major tournament yeah. but for, I think it was one Dutch goal his achievements uh, and his tenure as Scotland manager is for me unrivaled uh, in my lifetime uh, and, and I mean let's face it every single one of us to a man have to hold their hands up and admit they too have sung sectarian songs down the phone to an estranged lover <laughs> 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 oh, see, if, see if we would have got us to the last 16 they could have done a second verse on all mate honestly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> had to get in there he uh, Outstanding. Absolutely. <laughs> Outstanding. Uh, it's perfect no I think yeah, I mean Craig Brown is obviously a shout um, I think a lot of us especially younger guys who are, are coming up they, they'll know remember that um, but like you mentioned there, he, he took us to through uh, Euros at 96 and 98. He always, uh, teams always performed relatively well and we were unlucky not to progress further than we did. Uh, and you're right, um, Kenny Miller, a fantastic servant for Scotland. And I think it's one of the things as well, I mean, obviously this is a Celtic podcast uh, and we know how, or generally what our feelings are towards Kenny Miller at club level. But when it comes to the national team, I'm sure we can all agree. You put all the sort of allegiances aside, uh, and you support the team. Uh, so it's good to see that 
um, you've always you you put him up there and you rank him up there because like he says what he done for Scotland was phenomenal. He he always he played for the jersey. He never he never let up. Um, and Franny, finally, just coming to yourself, um, have you got where where's you where do you start with your favourite player, favourite manager? Oh, the two players that jumped out to me were Kenny Miller and uh, McFadden, simply like what William and Ross and I've touched on. It's once they seemed to put that jersey on, it was it seemed to make them ten times the player they actually were at club level, and that's it seemed to mean everything. But for me, it has it just. I had to be McFadden just for the, the maverick sort of style about him, the way he just knew it meant the world to him to play for Scotland and how he always rose to the occasion pretty much in that. So yeah, just it's not really much more you can say about him what what guys like Wally and Anthony have said and stuff and I'm I'm the same as Ross. I'm like manager wise, Craig Brown for me. I mean, Strachan I thought Strachan was going places, I think, with Scotland. And then Stevie Clark looks like he's well, I say he looks like he's got us to a major championship, but He's got his playing a style. The players seem to believe it. He's got a system that gets Tierney and Robertson and stuff that works. But yeah, it has to be Craig Brown for me. But that's again, it's just an age thing. It's he was a guy that was getting us qualifying for major event uh, tournaments yeah. and stuff when I was younger. So I Craig Brown and McFadden for me. Excellent. Um, By the way, John, can I just sorry? Can I yes. just say uh, I have to get this guy in as well because he just popped into my head. Uh, John Collins for me, I mm. thought. Uh, he was. He, 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 whatever you say about that guy as a coach and stuff nowadays, he was absolute class. Oh, as a player. And, oh, he was way, way, way before his time. Uh, I, I loved him at club and country, and he still uh, obviously got that mentality, and it doesn't sit well with the modern day player, and certainly maybe guys for Scotland. It, his coaching style and he's probably too strict for how we are. But uh, I, what a player he was, by the way. Technically, uh, he was. He was my other. He would. He would have been my other pick, Ross, mate. Him uh, and I, was, I always mean see Kevin Gallagher back in there as well. He used to score. He scored some uh, crucial, crucial goals for us. Always, always sticks in the memory. But John Collins was just and the midfield at that point was Ringer Burley and that as well. They were all uh, really good players. Like, all good, good players, uh, man. Uh, right. I think Collins was ahead right. of his time when you think about it. It's oh, just, big time. just the fitness and things like how like the sports science side of things, he was way ahead uh, of it. Uh, at the time, you didn't go to Monaco, uh, if nah, you're trying, no. you know what I mean? Exactly. They were, they were a top, top team top at the team time. At the time Absolutely. No, Collins is a shout. And I've got another one for you uh, to see how you feel about this. Um, it's another player. Did they say Laxo? That popped oh, in my head, there, but I didn't know what to say. It. I'm just going to pretend you didn't say that, Franny. So the oh, other player that I was going to throw out, and this is one for me that that stood out, and that again, no necessarily the, the best player technically, uh, but what he done in a Scotland jersey, he put himself on the line constantly. He, he played for the jersey. He, he would just never say die. It was he threw himself at everything. Was Colin Henry, and Aye. like you remember. I just watching him defending. Remember that time where he split his skull, and mm-hmm. it just he did, he didn't he put his, he put his body and everything on the line just to, to do his job. And I'll never forget that as as how he was as a player for Scotland. So I, just, I thought I'd throw his name out as well as I mentioned because uh, I think he definitely deserves to be up there. I agree with that, mate. Like. Mm. <clears throat> um, moving on. Uh, still sticking to the sort of female favourites, and this one might be a little bit more difficult. It might not actually. Uh, I think a lot of you have probably got 
a similar thing in mind. Uh, but it be interesting to see where we go. Um, I'm going to come to a favourite Scottish goal that you've seen. What is the best goal you've seen uh, for the Scotland national team? Um, Anthony, coming to you first, what, what, what would you say? Uh, it's one of those questions, John. Well, not exactly, you know, spoiled for choice, to be fair. Even, you know, goals in general were a wee bit starved of. But when I think of one of the all, if we're only sort of putting it on ones that we've seen live or at least witnessed on the television, I would I would imagine if it, you know, if it was my dad or, or, or previous generations, it would probably be Archie Gemmell. But I'm purely focusing on the ones that we've um, witnessed live. There can only be one winner. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, unless, you know, maybe if we'd beat England that day and we hadn't drawn, it would have been one of the Griffiths free kicks. But I'm sorry. If you hit one for 35 yards away from home against France and you don't win first place in this uh, in this category, then I don't know. I don't know what you have to do. James McFadden's goal against France was incredible. And the thing is, there is there is no debate of whether he met one of those ones where they meant it or, you know, was it a you know a lucky deflection? Where James McFadden hit a shot against the French goalkeeper from 35, 40 yards with the full intention of scoring a goal at that moment, and he scored, and he gave us every opportunity at that point to to qualify, which we ultimately sadly didn't do. But in terms of goals I've seen as a Scotland fan, nothing even nothing even comes close to that for me. So James McFadden against yeah. me. I, I, as I say, it's just one of the questions. Yeah, I suspect that everybody's probably going to say the same, um, and it wouldn't really surprise me at all. Uh, but it'd be interesting to see if there is a favourite goal that you've got. Not necessarily the best that you've ever seen, but a favourite goal that was at a particular I'm, I'm, moment. I must admit, John, my my uh, views on that are perhaps tainted by the fact that the the, the Scotland England game, the two two game. Uh, where Griffith scored the two free kicks. Admittedly, I was um, I didn't actually see the game that day. I didn't I, I didn't see the match live um, because I was working. So I can't say you know I, had I been in the pub that day, I'd have been as you know mental as as as, as the rest of the guys. Yeah. But just purely uh, you might be you know, the puppy, remember, the that, 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 night, that that night when James McFadden hits one for forty yards and scores, I you know I. I, I it was incredible. It was incredible. It was absolutely incredible goal. And I think we'd all be in agreement that it's the best goal that we've seen. Um, but just coming to yourself, William, I mean, I'm assuming you'll say the same about the McFadden goal as Anthony alluded to. Absolutely fantastic. And I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a goal better. But is there a favourite goal for yourself? Um, is there a goal that sort of sticks in your mind? Um, it's, uh, it's got to be the goal in Paris. I mean... It is the best, and it probably is my favourite. I mean, the, the the strike's ridiculous, but the first touch is even... Zidane brings that down, you're thinking, geez, oh, and uh, McFadden, he's, he's taken it for... <coughs> he's brought it down, and the ball's not moved. It's ridiculous. But I have got another... I mean, McFadden, McFadden's... You could have a top five just McFadden goals. Honestly, there was... The goal against the Dutch that Ross was on about earlier as well for the corner, it was... What a goal, man. He actually takes the corner. It comes back out, and it's, it's still in the in, in, in the box. And he's the one that goes and wins it. He, his determination to win that and then put it away. But the one that are, 
the 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 Colin Paris is my favourite, but this one is always is I don't know if you remember it's, it was against Macedonia McFadden again, and uh, somebody somebody's uh, won the ball at centre half, and it's kind of popped up and McFadden's took it in his own half. He's beat one boy, and admittedly it's not great defending. He, he beats another, and then there's three come towards him at once, and he nutmegs one of them and just waltzes through the three of them, and then rounds the keeper and just taps it in. And for mm. his own box, if, if Messi done it, they'd be talking about it for years to come. It's just a wonderful and McFadden's an absolute hero. So that one was stuck in my mind. Aye, I, I, the boy had everything. Aye, uh, that's why I know what I know. What, I know <laughs> we'll touch on the squad later, but I know that's that's a reason why I would have had Griffiths in the squad. There's nobody in that squad that could do what McFadden did in Paris that night. But I believe Griffiths. As the type of player as he showed against England that did have that in his locker, McFadden. It doesn't matter if he could he could have been playing the worst game of his life. All he needs is one chance and one turn for thirty yards, and he's he's going to have a go. Uh, and we we've always got a chance. He's the boy was just just different class. I would have loved to have seen him at Celtic by McFadden. Uh, he was a player that was linked with us a couple of times, was he not? Aye, uh, but like I, uh, like he says, I don't think we're going to get the same answer for Ross and Franny as well regarding the goals. Uh, but I will come to you anyway, just to see what you said. Is there a favourite goal yourselves for Scotland, uh, Ross? Uh, aye, I mean, as as they've all touched on that, that it can't be ignored. The McFadden one in Paris is an incredible goal. Um, but I mean, just to go off of that a wee bit. Uh, whether it was my, a wee bit like the Kenny Miller one, was it my favourite goal? But just to touch on something else, um, the <clears throat> McCoyst goal against Switzerland at Euro '96. What a strike, um, man! I mean, uh, he missed a few that day that he would normally have taken by his standards, but the one that that one that he got was it, it was absolute quality. Uh, a lovely one too with McAllister, and then he just unleashed a pile driver for about 25 yards straight as a die into the top corner and there, there's no keeper now then or before that was stopping it it was just a it was a great strike maybe not as good as McFadden's we know that but uh, it was a beautiful strike and uh, another one that I really enjoyed uh, while talking about the McFadden goal against uh, Holland there it was very similar uh, and it was uh, Sean Maloney's against the Republic of Ireland. Oh, at yeah, Park that was Yen. a great goal. A really well-worked goal, man. Just the, the wee short corner, the one-two, and he just curls it into the far corner. It was a, it was, it was a beautiful goal, an absolutely beautiful goal. Uh, cut, them, cut them open for a corner kick and curled it into the far corner. Brilliant goal. Uh, and that one sticks in my memory as well. But McFadden's is just... It's a special, special goal. Uh, so it's difficult to top that, but it's nice to touch on other beautiful goals as well. Yeah, I think absolutely. it's the team he did it against as well. Eh? If he does it against Aye. the Faroe Islands, we're all, but it's because it's against like the mighty France Aye. in Paris. Aye. It's just special. Definitely. Um, and what about yourself, Fanny? I will just, I'll just uh, Ross and touched on different goals because I. It's how can you, how can you realistically pick a different one for McFadden, but. Like Gallagher's goal in the game that William touched in the other. I thought that was a really good strike oh, for him. If I remember, that was a really good strike. And then, but one that's that I mean, 
one that always sticks out to me, going back to like the Brazil, like John Collins' penalty, just sim, just because he scored, you're scoring against Brazil at a World Cup, and you're thinking, what if, what if? But then obviously, I know, but I, the John Collins penalty always sticks out for me mm-hmm. for some reason. Just yeah. always sticks out for me that one. There was just something about that game, eh? It was, uh, like you're playing, just, you're just, playing the World Champions and opening a World Cup, and then uh, and out. the fact that you took them almost uh, to the wire, had one each uh, and that, and you're like, uh, oh. Maybe, maybe we could actually date. Was it? Was it was an own goal that cost us. Aye, it? Tom Boyd. He couldn't have done nothing about it, to be fair. To him. Nah, I know. But I know. It's, it, it just makes it all that ah, it's just... harder to take when it's ah. it, it, when you see that, but especially against a team that caliber. But no, I mean they, they, they're all fair. Uh, some cracking goals as well that you mentioned out with the sort of James McFadden one. Uh, I'll offer you another one, and this one's a wee bit more recent. I don't know whether or not you would say it was up there with the greatest goals, but John McGinn's overhead kick against Austria, and he's right there. It's an overhead kick, Franny. Shut your gob. Yeah, I think he's <laughs> it's, it's, not proper, it's not a proper overhead kick, but he's kind of fallen back to date, man. Aye, because just... you could have done it. I'm not saying I could have done it. I could have I'm always spoiled exactly. exactly. well, for choice with overhead kicks where Scotland players are concerned, eh? Roscoe, <laughs> Ro- Roscoe, I'm going to have to chat, PM you in the group chat about this. Come on. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I personally thought it was a good goal. He turned it well. I mean, like you say, it wasn't a big flamboyant overhead kick. When they saw him like uh, Zlatan done, but no, but it was a good. I, I agree, John. It, it was a good. It was a good strike. I thought he turned it well, and it's some a wee bit more recent. It's sort of, uh, I think most people can are more likely to remember, um, just because it was so recent. But uh, moving on, um, obviously we're, we're just going to move away from the, the favourite side of things. But I just want to quickly touch on obviously coming into this Euros now for the first time uh, in twenty three years. Um, I'm sure we're all buzzing, but just to add to it, is a, you couldn't write this. We get England in the group. We, what what was your reactions to that when when you seen who 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 we're going to be playing? Uh, sorry, Anthony, you want to start that off? Um, obviously, um, the first tournament I ever seen, uh, the first tournament that ever got me actually in, uh, sort of introduced to football, John, was Euro '96. That was that was the the first time I ever. You know, the only thing I love longer than Glasgow Celtic is Star Wars, which which I fell in love with a year before, <laughs> um, in 1995. But Euro '96, I was eight years old, same same age as my, my only son is now, and um, I was like, you know, you know, Scotland are playing England, and uh, anyone that remember at the time, you know, Snickers were doing those uh, those, those little the, the shop where you know if you you bought them, you got a couple of. Snickers and a couple of you know collector pogs, I think they were called back then. Uh, and if you know, you had the gold packets where it was all the the, the crests. That's right. I have no idea how I done it. I have no idea how I done it. But I ended up in the first two packets I bought. I had the gold England and the gold Scotland badge. I've, I've no idea how I done it. They're probably still up in the loft, um, somewhere to this day. Um, Scotland v England is. You know, it is the international old forum game, regardless of what anyone says. And it's not necessarily a good thing, I would argue, either. But, you know, Scotland, I, I, I can only, it would be unfair for me to talk about it from an England point of view. I can only talk about it from a Scotland point of view. At this moment in time, this country is is a, is a divided country, no matter what side of the <coughs> constituted, no matter what side of the debate, you are with regards to the constitutional question. 
but there is very few things that I would uh, I would imagine that we can, or at least the very overwhelming majority of us can all unite behind, and that is cheering on Scotland away from home against the old enemy at Wembley. Um, doesn't matter whether your season ticket is at Celtic Park, Ibrox, Tynecastle, Pataudry, Easter Road, or whatever. I think in a couple of weeks' time we'll all be cheering on Scotland, or the, or the overwhelming majority of us will be cheering on Scotland. Yeah. Um, like I say, it's 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 not a it's not a fixture that is that covers itself in glory a lot of the time, but we've had but you know we've had a, a more than our fair series of successes against the the old enemy, and when I look at the the current squads now, I don't see any reason with the with the exception of Harry Kane, and perhaps maybe you know, you know Phil Foden or or Raheem Sterling, no matter what the pundits down south uh, may try and suggest this is not an English side that is teeming with world-class players and when you look at our players you know I always say you know England captain Harry Kane <coughs> Scotland captain Andy Robertson how many Premier League medals has Harry Kane won how many Champions League medals does Harry Kane have and then ask the same question to our captain this is not the mismatch that it maybe would have been 10-15 years ago Um, like I say take, take away all the you know, the sort of political divides or, or, or whatever. Scotland v England sells itself in terms of, you know, a sort of you know, sort of PR thing. But I do not in any way think we are going down there outgunned. I think we are that is an England side that are there for the taking. I'm maybe selling a I'm maybe selling us up for a, a shortfall because you know when you look at the, the two sides in ninety six, it was maybe the exact same thing. Um Scotland were not a, an outgun side in '96 either, but um, the the arrogance that is coming out of uh, some channels south of the border is if you know Simon Jordan himself has actually said that the English under 21s could be our Euro 2020 side is an embarrassment, and anyone putting themselves anyone putting their quote behind that is is, is embarrassing. Simon Jordan's uh, embarrassing. Uh, Exactly. I agree with I like him. I like him. I think he's very, very good. But boys, we can agree or disagree with what a lot he says and what he wants. But I would like to think that when he comes away with stuff like that, we can all unite. We can all unite in our, you know, try to hide our laughter in on that. England may well win at Wembley, but the I do not believe there is much of the foregone conclusion that most of the English press says it is we we may well finish bottom of the group but I don't think I, I think a lot of the, the world's press are in for a shock at what this uh, Scotland side can do at the tournament Yeah, I think I, I would agree with that um, I mean you can't help but sort of get excited for a, a, a game against England regardless be it a friendly uh, or be it a major tournament like you said the, the last time we faced England in a major tournament was Euro 96 um, and their first Euro appearance since then, we've got them again in a group. Um, so uh, it's definitely a, a fixture that's, that sort of generates a bit of a buzz, as you said, uh, and certainly one I'm sure we're all looking forward to. Um, but what what about you, William? How, how do you fancy our chances against England? I, I fancy us against most, to be honest with you. Um, I think the job that Clark's done, um, whereas he's he's made us hard to beat rather than What's gone on in the past? Um, we've obviously 
I was going to say we've not got an abundance of talent like many other nations, but we have. We've got so much talent in the squad. Uh, we shouldn't be fearing anybody. And it's great to hear. You, you hear all the players and the manager and, and all these press conferences uh, stating they're not here to make up the numbers. Um, and as much as I think that England team is does have an abundance of talent in the, the attack, I don't think they're, uh, they look as solid at the back. Yeah. Um, I, I I think we can have a right go at them, and I think we can. I, I honestly think we can get points out of every game in this in this group stage. And if I'm not wrong, I think three go through from the group stages, so we've got a massive, massive chance of qualifying uh, to go uh, going further into the, the knockout stages. Uh, and hopefully we can get three points against the Czech Republic to start off with, and then it was a massive step. But as regards to England, I don't think we've got anything to fear. I think we've showed it. I think we've had better teams in the past. That game, that two each game that we should have won, barring that clearance in the last minute, um, I think that team was probably far better than the England team that we're, we're going to face now. I think, again, it's massively overrated going into every major tournament thinking that they're. Uh, the best team going. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not disputing the fact that they've got massive amounts of talent. They have. I've just seen most of them win Champions League medals or be in the Champions League final just weeks ago. But we've got massive amounts of talent as well, Premier yep. League players, uh, and with Steve Clark at the helm and uh, um, like I said, making us hard to beat. I, I, I can see us beating them. Uh, no problem. I, 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 like I say, I don't fear any team. And like I was looking at it uh, the other day, and if, if we finish in certain places in, in our group, who we might draw in the knockout stages. And I was speaking to boys at work, and oh well, we, we should hopefully finish here because we'll maybe get a better draw, we'll maybe get a Sweden or something. And I'm like, nah, I'm wanting Francis and Belgiums, and I want to see us play these teams. This is what we, we talked about our big, biggest memories being. We've just talked about us playing Brazil in the World Cup. I we got beat, but made a good account of ourselves. You want to see us play the biggest teams? That's why we're here. We've never been. We've not been to major finals for twenty odd years. Bring it on! I want to see. I want to play the big teams. Get bring on the big names. Yeah. No. Yeah. Absolutely. You're hundred percent right. <laughs> Had to throw that in there again. <laughs> uh, shout out to Stephen. Um, so, I mean, you made fantastic points, and I'm firmly in the same sort of side as you. William, I don't, I don't think we should be going into this fearing anybody, um, and we should be playing every single game, looking to win every single game. Um, I'm sure, like many Scotland fans, though, just being at the tournament is celebration enough, and even if we don't qualify through the groups, we're still going to celebrate the fact that we made it, and we're going to enjoy the time uh, in watching us playing in it. Uh, but there's, there's, ev- there's every chance, as you say, that we can qualify, and Imagine that first time back in the Euros and then getting out of the group stages again after 23 years of hee haw. So it would be a fairy tale. We could, I mean, imagine we even done a, a Greece and just surprised everybody and pulled it out of the bag. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> might, 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 might be a bit far fetched, but again, I was speaking, I to, a, I was speaking to, to, I was speaking to Toto's pal in a pub and he says that it's a <laughs> yeah, 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 but listen, I don't yeah. think anyone's seen Greece winning it, did you? But no, of course no, not. Of course we didn't. It surprised everybody. So, I mean, it's possible. Of course um, it is. And... Leicester winning the Premier League, anything's possible. 
Mas o Abel de... nasceu. É que sempre foi feliz, já sabes? I think we could, at best, we we look to 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 take a draw for the next two games. But um, aye, uh, England are. I think England are fully top class players. They really are. Harry Kane is world class. Uh, Raheem Sterling is world class at times. Uh, so th- there is there is an element of trepidation. But Scotland have got good players, and if they're all at it. We can give most people a game, uh, so I I'm I'm fully confident, and as you said, John, uh, just being there is amazing, and we'll celebrate that. But I want more. I do. Yeah, I want us definitely. to get to the next the next stage uh, through the through the group if we can. Uh, but I, I mean, it's it's sorry, it's good. That we've got England in this because it, it it floods back some really nice memories for me. Uh, for like Euro '96, it, it sort of parallels with it, if you like, uh, because it's some not so nice memories either. Aye, ah, I know. I mean, the result wasn't right, but it parallels with it, uh, and I, I've got a, a, a memory that I'll cherish forever. Uh, yeah, I, I just remember in like in '96. Getting the portable telly set up in my best pal Chris's garden, who he's sadly no longer with, but uh, his dad, his dad, done it for us, set it all up, and we were the sun was splitting the trees, and we just sat in the grass at twelve years old, absolutely buzzing for the whole occasion. Uh, uh, it was just fabulous, uh, and it's just things like that. I mean, okay, we never got the result. Uh, but I mean, it's wee things like that 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 stay with you. Scotland at a major tournament can transport you back to great memories and moments like that. And uh, I mean, years to making more great memories uh, this summer. Uh, and I, I that 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 just when I heard that Scotland were going to get England in the Euros at Wembley, it just that all flooded back to me, and I was like, wow. First time yeah. in twenty three years, and this is happening again. I was just like, I'll be, I'll be tapping a wee cap to him and having a drink on him eh, that day. Absolutely, mm. well absolutely, said, mate. Well brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And um, Francis, obviously, just coming to yourself lastly on this uh, draw in England uh, and our first appearance in a major competition in twenty three year. Um, what what was your reaction? What was your thoughts? Ah, you're always like Hanford, it you're always buzzing to play uh play your rivals and especially when it comes in like a major tournament. I know obviously the last European championship we qualified we 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 got them but obviously that was a while back as well. But it's just uh, like Ross like England for me are fully 
top top players like their def- like central defence. I don't think that I, Harry Maguire, if he isn't playing, I think that's a big miss from because like Kyle Walker and Chilwell, I think are really, Luke Shaw's had a really good season. Mason Mount, I really really rate as a player, and Phil Foden. Phil Foden is just, a, I think he's a bit special as well, but Lots. just turning like, like Scotland, like we're, we've got a lot better players as well now and I don't see why we we, sh- we don't need to go there. Fear it, it's nothing to loss for Scotland if it to sound a defeatist type attitude, but every game we should be going to, like with no fear and just saying, look, let's go see what happens in that. Because I think, like the, I'm sure I've heard like, Croatia and Czech Republic. I, I think we've got a good good record against them recently. Granted, I don't know how recently we've played them, but I think in recent games we've we've done it. But I think the the Czech game's important for me. I believe if we can if we can go off to a winning start, then the next two games for me are a freebie. I think because I think like like William Tuxen, I think it's four of the best third place teams qualify. It might might be slightly more. So if you go off to a winning start, you're you're almost guaranteed to going through. So, I I don't think that I I wouldn't say there's nothing to fear against England because they have got top top players and on their day they could turn anybody over and it's they're on their home patch if you like. I don't know. I don't. I know there's fans going to be there, but I don't think there's any Scotland fans meant to be there. I could be wrong there, but they had a, I I don't think it's regardless of the outcome on Monday. I don't don't think we've any fear going into the England game. Just just go for it and. Have a go. Have a go if you like. Yeah. No, absolutely. I'm pretty sure all fans across Scotland who mm-hmm. are supporting Scotland, um, these Euros will, will, will be in the same sort of mindset. Um, but that's great, guys. Uh, so, But that brings us on to the next thing. Obviously, we've talked about drawing England in the group and, and we've got that match to look forward to. But first, we've got the Czech Republic on Monday. Uh, and much like we do with other episodes, uh, on endless sales uh, during the league campaign, um, I just want to get your sort of predicted lineups, uh, Anthony. What, what, how do you think we're going to line up against the Czechs on on Monday? The mix on you, Anthony. Your mic, mate. <laughs> Anthony, your mic. <laughs> sorry, bro, uh, can you hear me, John? Aye, I can hear you, now, mate. Uh, Did sorry, you get that question wait, wait. there? Aye. Uh, yeah, yeah. Heard heard the uh, question. Sorry, be technical issue there. Um, <laughs> no problem, mate. I, I, I'll be honest, I think that the the starting lineup will be very much the same as what started against Luxembourg. To be honest, I think that was maybe the, the sort of route that Steve Clark was going down. Get the starting 11 as fit as they can be. Um, and I, I can't really have any arguments against that. When you look at the, the starting 11, it would I, you obviously We've watched the tournament on the back of having one up front, maybe just one behind. You know, um, Lyndon Dykes has been that that, that that the poster boy for that particular formation. But I'm a wee bit old school. I like having two strikers up front, and if you can have Lyndon Dykes and Che Adams up front, the two of them are a handful. The two of them are a threat. If it was, if I was in the privileged position that Steve Clark's in at home, our first tournament. Uh, in 23 years, I would start with two up front and I would go with the exact same team that started against Luxembourg. Perfect. And what about yourself, William? I, I think you will go with that team, but I would I would make, if it was me personally in charge, which everybody in Scotland is probably thankful we're not, I would make a few changes. Um, so I would go with that formation, the three at the back. Uh, I would go with Marshall and goal. Uh, KT left centre-back, I would go Liam Cooper, who's 
captain of leagues in the Premier League week in, week out, and they've done fantastically well this year, so I would have him. I would actually play McTominay on the right-hand side of the th- three. Uh, I thought he I, I thought he did well in the qualifiers there, and I mean, our midfield's absolutely styled out. So uh, I would like to see him in there. Uh, obviously, Robbo at uh, left wing-back, and another one that's a bit left field. We've got these right wing back now, and it's it's Stephen O'Donnell who's playing there. I know young Nathan Patterson's came in and stuff like that as well. But the giraffe. The giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> but I would actually, uh, I would stick Ryan Fraser out there. Uh, every time he plays, he's, he's got a goal in him. His delivery is great. He can, he's got an engine. He can get up and down there. He, he came on against Luxembourg and. Uh, I, I don't know how we didn't. I think there was two headers for about six yards out that we missed, uh, and they were both from uh, balls in the box of Fraser. And uh, for the de- for set pieces, I think he's spectacular as well. So I would, I would actually, I would actually have him at right wing back. Uh, the two sitting, two sitting midfielders, I would have Calmac, uh, and I, I would. I would punt on Billy Gilmore. I think the guy's different class. Mm-hmm. He's he's not playing much, and and when he does play, he gets thrown in against Man City's and just absolutely bosses the whole game. And he had I know he had a wee cameo against Luxembourg again, not the best opposition, but he was only on the park for twenty minutes, and he, I think he was Scotland's best player. Uh, I would I'd be playing him. I think he's I think he's mm-hmm. another one that's like I don't like to I don't want to put him in the same bracket as Foden and stuff like that, but. I think he's another one of these young talents that's going to go on and uh, be massive in the game. So I think I think you've got to start him. Uh, I would have McGinn number ten, and you, I, I, same as Tony, you need to go with two strikers. You've got to go with Dykes and Adams, and I think that team would uh, would give every team in the group a run for their money. Uh, it's full of superb talent, and I've got to say, bang on about. Uh, this this team and our two the, the two world class players that we talk about is, is Robo and and KT and how are you meant to fit them in the same team, but the last three or four games Steve Clark's found a way the, the two uh, totally what, what, absolutely brilliant yep. on that left hand side and when one goes one sits mm. and the and the goal the second goal against Holland showed that uh, the ball in for Robo for uh, Nisbet's goal was brilliant and the way they're, the way they're playing there's, there's no like the fullback doesn't know what to do when one overlaps another one goes I think the way he's got the, the that that set up on the left hand side is brilliant and I reckon we're going to get a few goals for there yeah, no, definitely that's a, that's a really good team as well uh, like you say there's a couple of changes in there for the, the other game but certainly a couple that I definitely agree with um, what about yourself Ross but how would you uh, up I would go. I would go with a sort of three-five-one-one if you like. It's a bit of a funny one. Um, so for me, as Marshall's heroics and the penalty shootout were incredible, but I still think Craig Gordon's a better keeper than him. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I would go with Gordon in goals. Uh, and it's harsh. It's really harsh because he's got us there, and I, I realise that Marshall most likely will play because. He, he deserves to play, but are we in the deserving business or are we in who's the best? Uh, so for me, it's Craig Gordon. Uh, I would go with a back three, uh, Hendry, Tierney and uh, Gallagher. I, I really rate. Um, 
he probably won't play, but for me, I rate him and I would play him. Uh, I would go with a midfield five, uh, Forrest on the right. I would go with McTominay, McGregor, and I totally agree with Willie. I'd, you could make a case for Armstrong, but uh, Gilmore just like he dictates a game. He, he, he dictates the pace. He, he, he just controls it with his half turns and he's bringing guys into play. So I, I would probably go with him. Uh, and then Robertson on the left. Uh, obviously, we sort of Tierney and Robertson dovetailing, if you like. So if one goes, the other one sits. They're, they're educated enough and they realise when one goes, they've done it. And in the last three or four games, one knows when to cover when the other one's going. And for me, Tierney's more of a threat uh, in the, the final third uh, than what Robertson is because he can get it, guys. Robertson's different uh, in the Liverpool team where he, he's a, sort of overlapping and he's getting played in, whereas with Scotland, that doesn't happen. So Tierney can be the man that, like, sort of commands that position, if you like, and takes the reins and pushes on forward and takes guys on, goes at guys. Uh, so, I that would be my midfield five. And then I would have John McGinn sitting in the sort of 10 row, the hole, if you like, in behind uh, mm. Lyndon Dykes to start with and then just see how things are going and bring, like, Shea Adams or uh, Nisbet on, uh, depending on how the game's going. Uh, aye, that, that's, that would be my team. Perfect. It's actually very, very similar to mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, believe it or not. Um, well, can I change it then? But I'll give mine at the end here. But what about you, Franny? What's, what's your lineup? Uh, well, I've just went a similar formation. Well, it's the exact same formation as uh, William and Anthony because it's just it's a, a formation that uh, works for Scotland. Clarks believes in it with this sort of a three. Two, three, whatever, or like the five at the back, however you want to look at it. So, but I'm, I'm agreement with Ross that I would place Craig Gordon in goals. I think he is our best goalkeeper, but I think David Marshall's going to start. But I'd take Craig Gordon goals in. The sort of back, the three central boys, I would have Henry, Cooper, and Tierney. And then either side of them, obviously, Robertson's in. And I would play, I like the idea of Ryan Fraser, but I think I would play O'Donnell more just. To think more defensive because I think we'll attack mainly from the left hand side the way Tierney and Robertson link up so just to kind of maybe give us a wee bit cover at the back and then I think that allows like with that back three it allows me to put McTominay in his favourite position like you can't fault the guy for what he done in the qualifiers and stuff playing it centre half but I think I prefer him in the middle of the park and I would put him and uh, Gilmore in I, I, I can't, can't find a place for McGregor just simply because I how he's not had the greatest season, but I just think Gilmore's a special talent, to be fair, and I'd have McGinn sitting in front of them, then a front to uh, Shea Adams and uh, Big London Dykes, so uh, that'd be my team. Yeah, another good team. Uh, I mean, so, I, based on, obviously, I think everybody's got the rating, sort of, way they'd line up, but I, I think we'd all fair in saying that anybody, any one of you guys' lineups uh, is a strong team, uh, and obviously says us up well, and I'm pretty sure we can I'm confident at least that we might be able to get a result, which we'll get to in a second. But for me, um, it would be Gordon and goal. A tier back three, Tierney, uh, Cooper and Henry. Um, and then just on the left, 
uh, sort of a, a, a sort of mid five, so to speak. I'd say Robertson um, on the left. Uh, I'd start Forrest, sorry, on the right side, um, and then just the three across the middle. Um, it would be uh, I'd have Turnbull, uh, McGregor, uh, and Gilmore, and um, just in front of them. I'd have McGinn in the hole, like Ross says, uh, and then Dykes just in front of him. But that brings us on to the... Sorry, John, bit. see, just to stop there and all. Uh-huh. Is it not fantastic that we've got uh, these options great, are... great depth in the squad that we're all, uh, we're, all, we're all having different options, whereas 10 years ago we were struggling to put 11 players together just to put in the, uh, the part? Aye, uh, absolutely. It's just and how I, far just... we've come in the last however many years. Yeah, and not that, criticise your team, John, but I can't believe McTominay's knowing it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but that, I mean, like like you say, it doesn't matter. You, you can ah, chop and change these guys, and and I think any any one of your teams is a strong lineup. And oh no, okay, I think it's just, well, he's nailed it. It just shows the depth that we've got in the team. I think the difference is see ten years ago, if ten, ten years ago we went to a major finals and, for example, McFadden got injured, we'd be up shit street without a paddle. Uh, uh, if we lost Robertson or or McGinn or whatever, there, there is people there to come in. They're obviously might not do as do as good a job, but there's there's people that are more capable of stepping in mm. and filling their shoes, which is fantastic yep. for us. Absolutely, and it, like you say, it just shows you how far we've come. Uh, but what I want to ask next is obviously score predictions, right? Um, so we'll just quickly run through them. Uh, which gives us the the result and your your goal scorers, Anthony. 3-1 Scotland. Um, I will take a wee double. I'm going to put my chips in the oven here, John, and say two for John McGinn and a late goal by Che Adams. Perfect. Ross? 2-0 um, Scotland. I'll go John McGinn and Nisbet coming on and getting a goal. Nice. William? I'm going to go 2-1. Uh, Adams to score and then Ryan Christie's got to come on and score the winner because his head's massive he's massive <laughs> 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 and what about yourself Ronnie? Uh well just to ca- continue my positivity scorelines I've got to go to now uh, Czech Republic I'm joking what? I'm joking no I'm joking we're keeping it positive I'm 2-0 two- <laughs> Scotland 2-0 <laughs> Scotland and then I'm, I'm just one each for the strikers try to share them for Adams and Dykes. Perfect. Uh, I went two nothing as well. Uh, but Dykes and again. Um, so that pretty much brings us to the end of the first Can I just very quickly interrupt before 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 we finish tonight? Um, you asked me earlier what my what my favourite Scotland memory was, and with at the at the risk of sounding very much like an X Factor uh, X Factor finalist. I'm going to say right now, my favourite Scotland memory is a something that we've still to live. My favourite Scotland memory is going to come on Monday because not only are we going to see each other again for the first time in in, in a long time, or or Scotland being together for the, uh, being at a tournament for the first time in 23 years, on Monday, most of us will be back together again for some. We've not seen each other for over a year and a half. We're going to have a few pints together. And it does. Uh, the result is almost regardless. Um, so just seeing everybody again, I can't wait till Monday. So 
all I'll say is my favourite Scotland memory is still to come. I reckon it'll come on Monday, my man. And I'm very confident. Good man, very good confident. Man. I am good. very confident that it was going to be three points uh, and I win for, for Scotland on Monday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well said. Um, looking forward to it, my man. Um, but like I said, just while I wrap things up, uh, I'm just going to, and this is really for the benefit of people with Scotland who happen to be listening, um, who we've managed to see through the Endless Celtics podcast that we've actually got listeners uh, all across the globe, uh, which is great. Um, but for anybody listening who's no Scottish, uh, I just want to quick fire questions, a couple of quick fire questions to you guys, uh, just just for a wee bit of fun. Um, so just come to yourself first, uh, Anthony, um, quick, favourite Scottish meal and beverage? Favourite Scottish meal and beverage? Well, as an internationalist, my man, I have no interest <laughs> in anything whatsoever in haggis or whatever. It's a very <laughs> decent meal. But my favourite uh, Scottish meal is a Fault House special spicy chicken pizza. <laughs> it is a belter, yeah, shout that, to be fair. What about beverage? Scottish Tenets, beverage? Mate. Tenets. Tenets. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, just just a shout out to folk that actually go about <laughs> their daily lives and go out for a pint that their daily, um, you know, alcohol intake does not involve a pint of tenants. I mean, absolute washouts. Man. I mean, if if if, if you. that was class. I mean, if if you don't drink lager, then. I think you get a pass, but if you if you're drinking beer, lager, anything like that, and you're not drinking, but that's what you you either, you either drink tenants or you're English, mate. <laughs> <laughs> what about yourself, William? Uh, I think I think the day of the England game, I think I'm gonna have uh, I'm gonna hate to get a hag, a big jumbo haggis supper for the chippy, and uh, there'll be a few cold uh, ice cold tenants being sunk that night as well. I like a wee dram. As well, but I got it's got to be an ice cold pint of tenants. Like juicy. What about yourself, Ross? Juicy. Uh, Stovies, drift and butter tenants. <laughs> and yourself, Ranny? <laughs> ah, it's got to be it's just tenant and butter, eh? Pizza, butter, sausage, butter, fish, butter. Yeah, just it, butter on it. Fried. <laughs> ah, it's got anything on it. And then I it's got to be it's got to be tenants, eh? Aye, absolutely. So it's tenants for me as well, uh, and I'm I'm going to side with you here, William. I think a a, a, a jumbo spicy haggis is <laughs> the way forward. Arvin, uh, man. <laughs> um, so second one, quick, Anthony. Um, what would you pick as Scotland's theme tune for the Euros? Anything you want? Uh, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, is that even a question? I mean, I I, 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 I feel like we're at Prime Minister's questions here, Mister Thomason. <laughs> There, are, there cannot be any other tune except, yes sir, I can boogie. And believe me, when we put three past the checks on Monday, the night you'll see me boogieing on Monday is going to be to go home. I cannot wait. What about yourself, Willie? That's got to be, yeah. Aye. Got to be. I think we're all going to be in agreement. Ross, Franny, any changes? Aye, uh, I, I, I can boogie. 100% aye. Got to be, yeah. I mean, I was thinking about disco land, but nah, it's got to be in it. It's got to be Bacara and that. It's got to be, man. Absolutely. Uh, and lastly, this is for, again, for the, for the benefit of people who are in the face of Scotland, um, kilts. Um, there's a debate whether or not you should wear underwear or no. Um, well, Anthony, who's, first, who's debating that like? Us people who are in the Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> or or the, the sort of newer generation. But 
Anthony, just to ask you quickly, are you free balling or not? John, can I let me just sum this up quite quickly? <laughs> any Scottish person that that um, that wears any Scots man that wears underwear under his kilt needs his hard drive seized immediately. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to lock my door then. <laughs> oh, you, you actually, you've actually wore pants underneath a kilt. I will get to my reasoning why. No, I. What's wrong with you? I mean, geez, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's same thing. Potato, potato. Geez, pee. How do you take a piss? Do you, do you stand there with your wee boxers on your ankles when you're taking a piss? Like, well, get you to my reason up, why you I don't them. You lift the kilt up and you, you get hey. you get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> right, so Danny, free balling or no? Quick. I mean, I think we're Of course, you're Willie. Aye, right, boss, hang low all day. <laughs> Ross. Absolutely, should be no underwear, but I like to be cosy. <laughs> <laughs> and Franny, well, I, the first time I wore a I, 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 I sorry, wearing... we're getting a bit of technical technical <laughs> issue there. Uh, back, to, back to you in the studio, John. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first time I wore a kilt was at Ross's wedding, and I went free balling. But then I had to, I had a wee hang on the night. I was thinking, this is a rented kilt. How many times has somebody else wore this with a boss out? Just think about it, mate. Imagine wearing a kilt with boxers on, though. I've done it, though. I've done it the second time round. <laughs> mate, mate, it depends on the boxers. I've got nice boxers. <laughs> I like a wee pair of Calvin's. But after that's it. No, I thought Aspel was going to come out with a big red book and get this is your life with Franny's explanation there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> da, da, da. <laughs> but guys, that's the end of our show. Um, thanks to everybody for obviously coming on. Um, how do you find it? Good. Brilliant, mate. I'm away to listen. I'm away to watch Braveheart in preparation. What the I thought it was great. I think we should record that again. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, obviously uh, as I said as well boys we're, we're going to be covering Scotland there'll be regular sort of uh, Euro edition episodes uh, for the end of the Celtics podcast uh, during the course of the Euros um, so hopefully we'll have you all back on for them um, anything else you boys want to add just before we go just before we go John, on, all, all I'll say is that tonight is Thursday we're, this is going to be going out on Friday um, so before we, the next time the Endless Celts will release a channel, the obviously the first game will be in the history books, and um, all my drunken antics will be in the history books and all. <laughs> um, so I just want to say it's going to be a pleasure seeing you, Wally, and to the other two friends of the show that we're meeting up with beforehand, Tam and Andy. I cannot, I cannot wait for Monday, man. The first you time too, in buddy. 23 years that we're all going to just be all together to watch Scotland at a major tournament. I cannot wait, my man. And I'll it's going like, to be I'll, I'll an absolute belter of a day. Right, it's going to be the best Monday. I'm going to be a fine what <laughs> the Boomtown Ranch saying. I do like Mondays. I cannot wait. <laughs> I knew, I knew we, all hate, we all hate to turn up with kilts on, we have boxers on. Well, if, you, if, you, if, if you turn up with boxers on, I'm going to RKO you. <laughs> <laughs> right, boys. No, that's perfect. Uh, Thanks again for coming on. Um, it's been great talking to you. Uh, and like I say, sure we're all buzzing for Monday. Uh, and we'll speak to you again um, soon. For everybody else that's listening, uh, thanks for tuning in. If you're listening on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, hit the wee bell, uh, leave us some comments, get involved. We like to have a chat with you guys. 
Um, if you're listening on Spotify, iTunes, just give us a wee follow uh, to be notified of any new episodes because all, all our stuff goes up on all the major, uh, major streaming channels. Uh, and to everybody as well that's just supported us over the past few weeks, uh, thanks very much. I'm sure all the boys here um, who have been part of this as well uh, I'll say the same, we appreciate all the support, we appreciate the interaction uh, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, just wherever you can find us. Uh, but until next time, uh, thanks very much and stay safe and hail hail. <laughs>